Well, good morning, Park. Like uh, Brooke said, we pre-recorded this uh, last week, so this is actually just moments after I was done preaching on the live stream last week. So we're going to be diving into that second half of Philippians chapter 2. We're looking at the first 11 verses. So why don't you open up your Bibles with me, and we're going to read those verses together, and then uh, we'll do a little bit of review from last week's message, and then we'll dive into the second half of this passage together. So this is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Read along with me. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, even though people will be watching this a week after the fact, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, help me to speak with clarity, and open up your word to those who hear this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we looked at the first part of this well-known passage. Paul encouraged us by reminding us of some of the characteristics we have as Christians in union with each other and the Spirit. Then he asked us to complete his joy by doing nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. In humility, we are to count others as more significant than ourselves. And we can do this by looking not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. In short... To summarize last week, your life calling as a Christian is to serve in every situation. We'll look deeper into that this morning. We looked at a couple practical ways that this could work out in your life. Uh, if you want to hear those or you haven't listened to that message, why don't you pause this because it's not, it's not live. You can come back to it. You pause this, go back to last week's message, and listen to it on our website. We had issues with the uh, live stream audio last week, uh, but if you go to our website, parkcommunitymn.com, the sermon will be up there, and you can watch it with no audio issues. So why don't you go back and listen to that to get you up to speed on where we're at now, and then you can hop right back in here to continue watching this one. Um, they're both going to be slightly shorter sermons, so you might be able to get both of them watched in the same amount of time as a normal live stream. So, 
we were left with a high or maybe a lowly calling to serve. The next part of this passage is of great help. It's a very hard task to live a life of service to everyone you see. But this morning, we're going to look at the example that we are to follow, and that actually empowers us to live out this life. The image is Christ and his condescension. We will see it through what was most likely a hymn of the early church. This last little section here is thought commonly that it was a well-known hymn or poem that circulated uh, through the early church. So, let's read this last section one more time before we dive into it. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul opens up this picture of what Christ did with a reminder and an encouragement for us again, as he did the last section. He reminds us to have this type of mind, to look at the world the same way that Christ did. And then he encourages us by telling us that this way of thinking is ours for the taking. Believers have received this ability from Christ. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Through our union with the Spirit, Christ empowers us to have this mindset and live in this way. That is what he's saying. And it's important that we remember that. You can do this. You can live a life this way. You have the ability to live this way because Christ will help you. He empowers you. That is good news. Becoming a Christian changes the way a person thinks, feels, and processes the world. Christ's Spirit indwells you and it saturates itself into every aspect of your life. That idea deserves an entire sermon series, but that's what Paul's getting at and reminding us of in verse 5. And he then launches into the beautiful example of Christ. So let's look at it one step at a time. Verse 6. Who is Christ? Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Christ leads by example. He is not looking to his own interests only, but also to yours. If you remember from last week, look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. He is equal with God. This is one of the things that makes you uniquely Christian. You have to remember this. Most people believe that Christ was an actual historical person. It's nearly impossible historically to argue that he did not exist as a character in history. And most people adore his teachings. Uh, you would have a hard time finding someone in their right mind who hates the morality that Jesus stood for. It's very rare. But only a true Christian 
worships this historical man as God himself. That's the difference. He is God himself and is to be worshipped that way. In verse 6, Christ was so committed to humility and seeking others' interests that he looked at his own state of equality with God and for the sake of others decided to lay it aside. He didn't see it as something to be grasped or exploited or taken advantage of or used. The wording is kind of hard to get at exactly what that means. And it's quite a theological discussion of exactly what it means that he lay aside his divinity. Now, because of this attitude, he did verse 7. But he emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Imagine the distance between humanity and its creator. It's even more distance than an artist in comparison to his painting or sculpture. One is the author, the other is a sentence, a word. One is the source, the other is the result. One, an unending fountain that is the source of all water. And the other, a single drop, just a reminiscence or a glimpse of what brought it about. Looking not to his own interest, but yours, the creator became one of the created. The distance between God and man is the distance that Jesus dropped out of interest for you. It is our example in humility, considering others more significant than yourself, look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, just like we see Christ doing. If he did it, you can too. In fact, he empowers you too. It goes even further. The distance that we just talked about, it was not far enough for him. He had to go lower. He had to show even more humility. So he became a servant to all. God served you. Christ gave you the example of service that transcends a condescension that we have a hard time comprehending. And guess what? He empowers you to do the same thing. The amount of pride would be astonishing if you thought you were too important to serve in the same way. But he goes beyond this. Verse 7. Or verse 8, rather. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. His commitment, his commitment to humility and others was to the point of death. 
Even more than that, death on a cross. One of the most painful forms of death humanity has conjured up. That's the extent he went to. And he calls you to do the same. In humility, consider others more significant than yourself. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Again, to sum all of this up, you serve. That's where we ended last week. That's what half of last week was about. You serve. You serve those around you by considering others more significant than yourself. Here's a statement to think about. The Christian life is one of serving all mankind. That's your role. As a Christian, you serve. We see Christ's example of how we go about this. And let's look at a few things that we can see in this example. Number one, these aren't in any order. They're just in the order that they appeared to me. Nothing overrides this call for you to serve. Nothing. Christ was equal with God, yet even that did not prevent him from laying aside everything and serving. This directly translates to you. No matter what your status or station, you are there to serve. No level of hierarchy exempts you from serving others. Now here I have to give a shout out to our elder team. That group of guys is a joy to be a part of. And I can honestly say that they act out this every day for you. They see their role as servants. They see their role as servants of the church, not as managers. And they see that role of serving as an amazingly high calling. They want nothing more than that role, nothing more from that role than to serve you well. It's a joy to be a part of that team and see a group of men live that out. Number two, no service is too low. Comes out of verse seven and eight. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. He was born in the likeness of men. And then he went even further. Being found in human form, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death. Jesus left heaven and laid aside his divinity to come rescue you. There is no call to service that is below a Christian's status. None. Because your status is servant to all. Number three, nothing is too costly. This is a hard one. Serve with abandon. Now, remember, you do need to look to your own interests. 
My example last week still holds true. It does no good to end up homeless while trying to help the homeless. But don't let caution paralyze you. Listen to wisdom, listen to caution, heed it, weigh it, but then act. Don't be paralyzed out of fear of getting hurt by offering yourself. Sacrificial love and service is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. And if you avoid it out of fear of pain, you will miss out on a central experience of your faith. Sacrificial service. Throw yourself headfirst into serving others. God will be faithful. If you are Christ-centered in your mindset and other-centered in your activity, you will not fail. Even if you're killed. Isn't that the example we see? Obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. At any point, he could have backed out, but he decided his own murder was the best for you. Was that failure? Far from it. In that death, he won. That was victory. God cares for those who follow his lead. And we will see how he cared for Christ in a second. So remember, nothing is too costly. Dive headfirst into serving others. Number four, no one is undeserving of your service. We see this most clearly between ourselves and Christ. I did nothing to deserve the gift that he gave me. I did nothing to deserve salvation. We did no good deed to prompt Christ to leave heaven on our behalf. None. In fact, quite the opposite. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. An enemy. You receive this undeserved. Do not then turn around and require something from anyone that qualifies them for your love and service. Freely you received, freely give. There are no conditions that need to be met for our service other than proximity. You know, and even... With today's technology, sometimes you don't even need that. If you are near them, you serve. Whether they deserve it or not, whether they want it or not, you serve. Maybe even more so if you feel they don't deserve it, because the more deeply, that more deeply shows the love of Christ. So, what do what do I mean by serving? What types of serving? Maybe you think I should have talked about this first. What, ty- what kind of serving are we talking about? Well, it's not that simple. 
Christian service takes on as many different forms as there are different Christians. It can look like anything is different in any circumstance, and it's different for every person. It depends on how you're wired. God's gifted each one of us differently. It could look like prayer, counseling, dinner, housing, groceries, financial help, just time, spending time with people, Bible study, helping someone go through a Bible study, help with a project around the house or even bigger project. Could look like joining a protest or just writing, writing and producing material that makes people think about what God's doing in the world, anything. God will lead you into the most fruitful way for you to serve people in the gospel. He will lead you. He knows how you're wired. He made you. The only thing you have to do is start. Start doing something. My mom always used to say, God doesn't steer a parked car. And even though it's simple, I mean, God can do whatever he wants. But the idea is true. You want God to start revealing things to you, start working through you, start doing things for him. And miracles will happen. So we come to this last section. We need to step back a little because this should be very encouraging. Okay, this whole, whole time we've been talking about serve, serve, serve everyone, serve everyone. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Count others more significant than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So when things get hard while you're serving, toughen up. Grow some thicker skin. You're doing a good thing. Get over yourself. Stop thinking about yourself. Right? Wrong. That is the wrong attitude. So much pain and stress comes from that attitude. It is correct that we do not serve for gain in this life. Look at the ending. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Let's back up for a second. Therefore. Therefore. That's, whenever you see that, you stop. And you look at all the paragraphs around it. Those are the most, this is probably one of the most important words for you to understand. Therefore, because of everything we've just talked about, because of all the obedience, all the humility that Christ demonstrated, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
There is unbelievable gain in the next life when you live like this in this life. Jesus has given everything. Every knee will bow before him. Those who love him and those who hate him, they will bow. And they will call him Lord. That's what a king gets when he reigns over the entire universe. He inherits everything. And out of that, he gives to you. Like I talked about a couple weeks ago, you want to experience death as gain? You live this way. You want life? Then give your life away in service to others. Jesus said that. Matthew 16. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Christ will give you a reward out of his storehouses. Though your deeds may go unnoticed here, or worse, hated, you are storing up riches for yourself in the next life beyond your imagination. When you enter the next life, it will be gain. Unbelievable gain. So this is not a, a tough luck, buck up, get after it, grow thick skin type of a duty. It will be hard. It will be painful to live a life of serving. But there's reward to be had. There's gain. You live for the next life, which, listen, is going to be more real than this life. Like I talked about a couple weeks ago, when we die, it's going to be like waking up. And we will look back on this life as if a, a dream. In the same way, when you wake up and you try to remember what dream you had the night before, and it seems so unreal at that moment. That's what death will be like. We will enter life at that moment. You don't want to miss out on that prize. So, to end this passage, just look back at what Paul told us. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. In humility, count others more significant than yourself. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. To sum it up, serve. Serve those around you because Christ served. He is our example. He indwells us with his spirit and empowers us to live out that life as well. It's a beautiful picture. It's 
a beautiful life if we live it. Give yourself to serving others. Give yourself to considering others more significant than yourself. Give yourself to looking to others' interests. It is a beautiful and world-changing life. Let's pray. Lord, what a reality. What a picture of life. I pray that you would do this in us. That you would bring about this type of life in us. Help us serve everyone we meet in any way we can. We lift these things up in your name who empowers us and who did it first. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for watching this morning. A couple closing things. Next week is our first service regathering together. Um, We're looking forward to it. We've been doing a lot of prep work. I think the building is ready. Um, Don't forget to register a spot. We have opened up registration for the Sundays for the remaining uh, weeks in July. This is just to initially give us an idea of how many people are going to be planning on coming. Um, Our hope is that we don't have to keep doing it. Uh, because there won't be space issues. So, But we just wanted to make sure for the first few weeks that we know how many people are interested in coming back. Um, if you are not comfortable gathering, please just continue tuning in on live stream. Nothing there is going to be changing. And in fact, we'll probably be uh, tweaking it to make it uh, better and better. Um, so again, thank you for watching this morning. We look forward to seeing everyone face to face, even if it's behind a mask uh, next week. Thanks. Have a good week.